You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Fantastic. Well, it's uh, it's an absolute privilege to be here. I can't believe just like, I remember meeting you. You were just a little, and now look at you. What an extraordinary young lady you have grown into, become. You must have amazing mama and a very handsome papa. Hallelujah. You're amazing. And uh, you're in such a great house with, uh, you know, the leadership. But just, you know, who you are, wow. Wow, wow, wow. 2022 is going to be a wow year. I just felt the Holy Ghost say that. Wow year for you. Amen. Well, listen, uh, just so you know, every January 1, right right at the, the stroke of midnight, December 31st, as we're about to cross into January 1, I always ask the Holy Spirit on a personal level, what he wants to do with me this year, or what he would like me to do this year. And if I was honest with you, the first thing he said, Ashley, he said, I want you to preach less. I'm like, oh, dear Jesus, what? And I'm like, you've got to tell Pastor Summer because she's already mad that I'm not, you know, and I said, I've got six locations. He says, no, no, I don't mean like preach less, less. He says, but when you preach, he says, don't just get up and fill all your time with words. He says, I want, I want, I want you to, in 2022, do what I've been wanting you to do for a number of years now. And your assignment is to impart. Your, your assignment is to impart. And, uh, and so today I want to I preach. What I'm going to uh, teach you is worth writing down. Like, I, I don't think I've been so excited to preach. This, it's a really, really good revelation. It's going to really set you up and help you. But I'm going to do it a little bit different to how I did it in the, the, the 9 a.m. Please don't brag to the 9 a.m. that the better delivery was the 11 a.m. Because I don't want them coming to Pastor Mike wanting their tithes and offerings refunded because Pastor did such a lousy job. And, uh, but but I, I'm going to get it right this time. And uh, just the, the context of this, and before I move any further, McKenna, how beautiful to see McKenna. Oh, I love McKenna. Welcome. She, this young, beautiful young lady and her husband, Gary, live in Colorado. And, uh, but I'm so glad you're back here in Cala Orsomfornia. And uh, we just love you, sweetheart. You're such an amazing young lady. And uh, you're beautiful, Brooke. Wow. Who can make the most gorgeous little babies in the whole world? Married to the handsome worship leader. Incredible. You must have an amazing mama and papa too, Brooke. Hey? Right there. We just love the Yaba family. Beautiful people. Anyway, I digress. Um, so, so true story. A couple of years ago, when we were first buying the Vons or Rite Aid, what, what was it originally? It was a Vons, right? When we were first buying that Vons, I, there was a lot of homeless people, and I had one of the neighbors come out saying, thank God for the church, and, you know, because we, we, we don't know what to do, you know, all the issues that go with, you know, Homelessness, And let me just tell you, the people that are homeless aren't homeless because they don't have a home. Somewhere a vice gripped them that plundered their ability to live in a home and have a stable life. And so quite often it, you see that addiction and dysfunction overwhelms these people and it keeps them in a, in a cycle of poverty. And then let me just tell you this. Every year, the federal government gives Mussolini 
uh, I think I think uh, it was like around about 560 million. Let me just tell you, if you think, oh, fantastic, the politicians, they're using that money to help, that uh, they don't, they don't. They lie in their pockets. The, the money never makes it to helping the, the, the poor, never. And uh, so I'm not looking to them. Uh, we need to, as a church, understand that there is a, a way and that we can deliver people from that poverty. And I felt God say this. I felt God say this. He says, you're going to see such radical transformation in East County, so much so that East County can have, will experience such rapid growth and transformation that it'll exceed all the other campuses. It'll exceed all the other campuses. He said, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, wherever you see uh, addiction and dysfunction and hopelessness and homelessness and the crime, he says, the one thing that is missing is adherence to my word. Adherence to my word. Where God's word is, there's peace. Where God's word is, there is power. Where God's word is, there is transformation. The absence of God's word always brings darkness, always brings chaos, always brings disorder. That's why the, the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless, void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. Why did God do that? Because he's trying to tell us something. Because the next thing that, the next verse says, and God said, let there be light, light was. When God's word came forth, the lights came on. There was chaos, disorder, and darkness. But when God's word came forth, chaos, disorder, and darkness began to give way to order, to structure, to peace, to beauty, to tranquility, to amazingness. So I just want you to know, no matter where you are today, the word of God, if you will receive the word of God, it is going to do a life-changing, transformative work in your your life. So the title of my message today is Thriving in Times of Injustice. Thriving in Times of Injustice. If you said to me, hey, pastor, prophesy, prophesy over me. What's the word for me in 2022? This is the word of the Lord to you. Thrive. Thrive. It's not just live, thrive. The will of God for you in 2022 is for you to thrive. The will of God for you this year is to have the best year you have ever had. The, you'll know, you'll know that it's happening because you want to pinch yourself saying, hang on, hang on. Can life really be this good? Can, can, can. Because the God that you and I serve is the Ephesians 3.20 God who does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. Somebody say amen. amen. So that's, that's the title of the message today. So thrive in seasons of injustice. So come with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 30. I'm going to break away from the New King James translation, which is the one Jesus used. I'm going to go to the NLT today just because... Just because the, the Bible that I'm reading at home is an NLT, and I really like the way that it, it kind of rolled, rolled this passage out. Uh, so let me just preempt as, as we're about to read that God's Word works in every season. God created the seasons, but He's not subject to the seasons. 
Jesus is in a boat and the wind and the waves are beating in the boat. And Jesus stood up and said, peace be still. And the wind and the waves obeyed because the wind and the waves obey the word of God because the word of God prevails over wind. It prevails over waves. It prevails over circumstances. So today you can be sitting here and you can be the victim of fraud. You can be the victim of injustice. You can be, you can be in California or some call it California with a crazy governor, with, with wicked judges appointed and, and unrighteous mayors in different places, and you can still thrive. You can still thrive because the Word of God sets you over. The Word of God sets you over. The, the Word of God works in, in winter and summer. The Word of God works in fall and it works in spring. The Word of God works in the dark as well as it works in the light. The Word of God works in the valley as well as on the mountaintop. The Word of God works in season, out of season, 24-7, 365. The goal is to get this Word into you so that you can begin to flourish. So you can begin to flourish. So we're going to pick up a story right now of a guy called Jacob who is a twin. His, other, his older brother is called Esau. They are the son of Rebekah and Isaac, who is the son of Abraham and Sarah. So Jacob is Abraham's grandson. The blessing that God put on Abraham was passed on to Isaac. That blessing was then passed from Isaac onto Jacob. Jacob has the blessing of God on his life, but he hasn't really been a good kid his whole life. He's been a little bit naughty, if I was honest with you. And so, so let's, let's pick it up. Uh, we're going to read in, in verse 22. In fact, let me, let me just, even as you're turning there, verse 22, let me just say that Jacob is working for Laban, and Laban is his uncle who has continually ripped Jacob off. In fact, uh, Jacob is is right now living the harvest of all of his deceit and everything up till now. So, so he, he worked for Uncle Laban for Rachel. Laban had two daughters. Leah was the eldest. Rachel was the second. The Bible says Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Leah had delicate eyes. So out of the delicate eyes and beautiful informant appearance, Jacob chooses beautiful informant appearance. But on his wedding night, and, and he, he says to Laban, he says, I'll work for seven years. Don't give, me, don't give me a salary. Don't put money in the bank. Don't give me stock options. He says, for seven years, I will labor for you, work for you in exchange for you give me your beautiful daughter, Rachel. On his wedding night, seven years, on his wedding night, Jacob says, all right, go into the tent, turn the lights off, turn the lights off. All the lights off? Oh, yep, all, okay, all right, I'm going to bring your wife to you now. You've been working for seven years. It's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a... Anyway, so, so, so instead of getting Rachel, he walks past Rachel and he gets Leah. And Leah's like, what are you doing? He's like, just shh, come with me. And he pushes Leah in the tent. Now, you can't blame Jacob. He's been working for seven years. For seven years, the lights are out. And the Bible says, and Jacob slept with Leah, thinking it was Rachel. And when he woke up in the morning, oh, 
It's like, <laughs> he comes flying out of the tent. I don't know why you're looking at him, it's in the Bible. Comes flying out of the tent. You ripped me off, you ripped me off. And then Laban says, oh, I forgot to tell, I forgot to tell you. Yes, we, we have a law, a custom in our land that the, the younger can't get married before the older. So I tell you what, I'll throw in Rachel as well. But for that, you've got to serve me another seven years. So he gets another, he extorts another seven years of working for the man for no salary, no wage, just for a wife that he didn't really ask for, but now had. And so the Bible says that God saw that Leah was unloved, so God opened her womb and she brought forth children, but Rachel was barren. Now let's pick it up, verse 22. Then it says, Then God remembered Rachel's plight and answered her prayers by enabling her to have children. How many people thank God we got a God that answers prayers? He answered her prayers by enabling her to have children. Whatever you're facing this year, God, don't quit on your prayers. The God that you serve is a God that answers prayers. It's Listen, I know that, it, that you know you can come to pastor, hey, pastor, would you pray for me? And I'll, every time I will, I'd be honored to pray with you. However, I'm telling you, God has answered my prayers when I had nobody to pray with me. I had nobody to agree with me. The God, you can ask God yourself and he will answer your prayers. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. God has removed my disgrace, she said, and she named him Joseph, which means the Lord will add another. Verse 25, soon after Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, please release me so I can go home to my own country. Let me take my wives and children for I've earned them by serving you. And let, them, let me be on my way. You certainly know how hard I've worked for you. Please listen to me, Laban replied. I've become wealthy for the Lord has blessed me because of you. Tell me how much I owe you. Whatever it is, I'll pay it. He doesn't want to lose Jacob. Now listen, there's a difference between I don't want to lose Jacob and I want to take care of Jacob. There's a difference between I don't want to lose what value you bring to my company and also, hey, I want to put some of my company's value on you. You've, so he says, hang on, whoa, whoa, to, to tell me, tell me, um, uh, what are your wages? Tell me how much I owe you. Whatever it is, I'll pay it because I don't want to lose this golden goose. I know that God has blessed me because of you. Jacob replied, you know how hard I've worked for you and how your flocks and herds have grown under my care? You had little before I came, but now your wealth has increased enormously. The Lord has blessed you through everything I've done. But now what about me? When, I, when can I start providing for my own family? What wages do you want? Laban asked again. Jacob replied, don't give me anything. Just do this one thing and I'll continue to tend and watch over your flocks. Let me inspect all of your flocks today and I'll remove all the ones that you don't like, all the sheep and the goats that are speckled and spotted, the ones that you don't like. You only like the white ones. You only like the, the, the clean ones. You let me remove all the speckled and spotted along with the black sheep of the families. Give those to me as my wages. And in the future, when you check on the animals you've given me as my wages, you'll see that I've been honest. If you find in my flock any goats without speckles or spots or any sheep that are not black, you'll know that I've stolen them from you. All right, Laban replied, it'll be as you say. But watch this, verse 35. But that very day, but that very day, Laban went out and removed the male goats that were streaked and spotted. 
all the female goats that were speckled and spotted or had white patches, and all the black sheep. Watch this. And what does he do with them? And he placed them in the care of his own sons, who took them a three days' journey from where Jacob was. What? You, Jacob just said, I've been working for you these 20 years. And, and you're like, I don't know, I don't want you to leave. Because I, I know that God has blessed me because of you. Tell me what your wages are. Give me the strength. And, and so Laban takes the, the speckled spotted streak, gives them to his own kids and sends them three days journey away as far as he can from Jacob. Now let's go to verse 37. Then Jacob took some fresh branches from poplar, almond and plane trees, and peeled off strips of bark, making white streaks on them. Then he placed these peeled branches in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink, for that was where they mated. And when they mated in front of the white streaked branches, they gave birth to young that were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated those lambs from Laban's flock, and at mating time, he turned the flock to face Laban's animals that were streaked or black. This is how he built his own flock instead of increasing Laban's. Whenever the stronger females were ready to mate, Jacob would place the pure branches in the watering troughs in front of them, and they would mate in front of the branches. But he didn't do this with the weaker ones. The weaker ones, he removed them, so the weaker ones belonged to Laban and the stronger ones were Jacob's. As a result, Jacob became very wealthy with large flocks of sheep and goats, female and male servants, and many camels and donkeys. Wow. So let me give you a couple of quick, quick thoughts. The first one, the first one, this is so important. Number one is discover and learn God's laws. Discover and learn God's laws. If you said, hey, pastor, what's, what's the point of Awakened Church? Awakened Church is here to teach you God's laws, but not so that you would just learn them, but that you could apply them to your life. God has, God has certain laws and certain principles that are in operation. The other night I got roped into to opening for a comedian. Don't ask, it's a long story. <laughs> Because I preached at our Wednesday night service in Salt Lake City, and it was a freedom night, I thought I can't go comedy until freedom night's finished. So Thursday, I'm writing my comedy routine, and uh, and long story short, I had to get back from Salt Lake City, and there was an issue with the rental car. Anyway, so by the time I get on the plane, it's kind of, it's half done. So I'm trying to, and then on the plane, I'm getting interrupted by people that want to talk, and so by the time I land, I'm like, and then Dr. Matt says, you've got to be here at six and it's quarter past five. And I'm like, oh, and I look up and it says it's a 41 minute drive. I'm like, oh, so quickly have a shower, get changed. I thought I'll, I'll, I'll rehearse my thing in the car on the way. And the next one, as I'm starting to rehearse it, I look up and I see blue lights in my rearview mirror. And so I pull over and he says, you were doing 82 in a 65. And then he says, um, I need to see your license, registration and insurance. And so I gave him my registration. He says, this is expired. I said, oh, flap. Oh, man. Oh, shoot. And uh, then he goes back and he checks. And sure enough, my registration had expired on the fourth of, uh, sorry, in four months ago in September. And, and I'm like, man, I, I never got anything in the mail. And then he said, and it was the wrong address they were sending it out to. But he said, that's no excuse. 
He says, there's no excuse that you didn't get it in the mail. You, there's a law that you have to drive with a car that's registered and your car is right now unregistered. So you've broken the law. So here's, here's an infringement. And then you broke the law. This, and I said, you know, I said, if I was honest with you, I, I wasn't even looking at my speedometer. You know, I'm, this is going to sound crazy. But I'm about to go and open. He just, he lost it. I mean, he's, I'm like, that wasn't even a joke. And he's laughing on the side. See, you're going to go and open. So he lowered the, thank God, he lowered the. And uh, anyway, so I'm telling him I was trying to rehearse that. But even, even, even though he didn't let me off completely um, because I'd, I'd broken the law. So let me just say this, because, because I was doing 82 and a 65 that he lowered. And then because of, I, I still had, there were still consequences. Just because I wasn't aware, just because I didn't receive notice that my registration, I was still. So let me just say that, that this is why it's so important. And can I just encourage you today and compliment you? You're the smartest people in East County because you've come to the house of God on a Sunday morning because you know that there are things from this word which are the laws of God and the laws of God elevate. The laws of God don't restrict. The, the laws of God don't choke you. The, 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 they're not like a bone constrictor that will suck the life out of you. The laws of God will bring life to you. It'll cause you to flourish. It'll cause you to prosper. So the first thing, the first thing I need you to understand is Genesis 8.22, that one of the first laws of God that you need to understand is the law of sowing and reaping or seed time and harvest. Have a look at this. Genesis 8.22 says, while the earth remains, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. How many people know that, that it's daytime right now, but tonight's going to be nighttime? Last night was nighttime and then the, the dawn broke this morning as daytime. So day and night, there's cold and heat, winter and summer, there's seed time and harvest. So God attaches seed time and harvest with these other things that are fixed. They are fixed cycles. So let me say this. This is very important for you to catch. Today, your life, my life is a harvest of the seeds I sowed yesterday. If you do not like your life today, good news, you can today change the seed you're sowing so that your tomorrow doesn't have to be more of today. If a foolish farmer says, this year I'm believing for, for, for big, ripe, juicy tomatoes instead of these, these, these silly capsicums. Oh, no, what do we call capsicum over here? It's um, peppers. Instead of, instead of bell peppers. And you're like, oh, man, that's awesome. So you went down and got some tomato seed. What? No, I'm, I'm just believing God, brother. No, hang on. No, no. What do you mean you believe in God? I'm just, you know, he's the God of miracles. He's the God. He, he's the God of miracles. He's a way maker. Mirac no, 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 no. Listen, if you want tomatoes, you've got to sow tomato seed. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm sick and sick and tired of always having bell peppers. No, no, no. If you don't want bell peppers, stop sowing bell peppers. If you want tomatoes, start sowing to Your life today is a product of the seeds you sowed yesterday. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Jacob is serving Laban. Laban has changed his wages 10 times in 20 years. Laban has been ripping him off. We saw what he does here. He deceives him. He says, yeah, yeah, the speckle. And then he takes the speckle and he gives him to his, and sends him three days away. He, this is unjust. But you know what? It's actually Jacob's harvest. 
Because if you study the story of Jacob, Jacob was the second born. The firstborn had the, what they called the firstborn's blessing. The firstborn's blessing. It's called the birthright. Esau, the Bible says, Isaac, his daddy, Jacob's daddy, Isaac, loved Esau because he ate from his game. Esau was a hunter, a man of the field. Esau would go out hunting and he'd, you know, he'd shoot a deer and he'd bring it back and he'd serve his dad the finest venison. Whatever he would hunt, he would bring back and serve his dad. And his dad used to love the, the, you know, that he had a boy who was a hunter. He'd go and get him fresh meat and it was always delicious. The Bible says that, that, that Jacob was a, you know, kind of more of a domestic guy. He was in the kitchen. And this one day... This one day uh, Esau comes, comes in and he's, he's been out hunting for about three or four days and he's famished. Jacob knew that Esau, he knew his weakness and knew his vulnerability. He knows that when he comes in after hunting, after being out in the rugged wilderness for, for sometimes days on end to get his kill, that he would come back famished. He'd come back starving. So, so he offers him some red lentil stew in exchange for his birthright. And he can just, and so in a moment of stupidity and vulnerability, Esau trades his birthright for a bowl of red lentil stew. Years later, Isaac, daddy, is dying. His sight is pretty much completely gone. He's over 100 years old. And he says to Esau, he says, Esau, I don't know how many days I've got left. Would you do this? Would you go out and hunt? And would you get me some of that wild game the way that I like it? Would you prepare it so that with the strength of that food, I might be able to bless you and impart the blessing that Abraham gave me. I want to impart that blessing to you. And he's like, absolutely, Papa. And so Esau goes out to hunt. The Bible says Rebecca heard the words and she called Jacob. She says, quick, go and get two young goats from the flock. Bring them in because I know, I also know your father's taste buds and what he likes. And I'll prepare them and you go in and you get the blessings. Like, no, 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 I got smooth skin. And so she says, don't worry, the, the goat, the hairy goat skins, I'm going to put under your sleeves and around your neck. So when your father feels you and I'm going to put Esau's clothing on you that has his scent, that has his cologne in it. And so Jacob comes in with, and he says, wow, how did you catch the food so quickly? My son he says, oh, the Lord brought them to me. He's like, who are you? He says, I'm Esau. <laughs> He says, the voice is Jacob's. Come closer that I may feel you. When he felt, he said, well, it feels like Esau. He says, are you sure you're my son Esau? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm Esau. The voice is Jacob. Let me kiss you. Let me smell you. And as he came closer and kissed his boy, he smelled the clothing and he was fooled because he couldn't see. Jacob defrauded, deceived, took advantage of his blind father. And got the blessing. His father blessed him. When poor old Esau comes in and says, Papa, here it is. He's like, who are you? He's like, what do you mean who am I? I'm Esau. And the Bible says, Isaac shook on his bed. It says, then who was that? And Esau wept and said, is he not called Jacob correctly? Is he not a deceiver? So Esau then said, when my dad dies, as soon as he's gone, I'm going to kill Jacob. Rebecca sends Jacob to be with Laban. So Jacob is now with Laban. But 20 years later, Jacob's life is one of defrauding. What, what, his life is a harvest of the seeds that he had sown. So I need you to understand, most people do not realize this, that 
Your life today is a harvest of the seeds you sowed yesterday. But the beauty of church is here we don't make you a churchian or an awakeningian. We don't have a formal membership class where you become part of the church of Awaken. Awaken is the theme, the mission. I want you to be born again. Jesus says, unless you are born again. See, because here's the thing. When you are born again, it changes your nature on the inside. You are a seed and you're never not sowing. You're never not sowing. That's why God meets with Jacob and changes his name to Israel. Because he's like, because Jacob is done with living in theft. He's living, everything he has has come through fraud. It's come with battle. When you steal, when you lie and cheat to get ahead, you may get the money, but it never comes without peace, uh, with, with peace. It never comes without conflict. It never comes without animosity. It never comes with having a bad name in the marketplace. And so, so Jacob is, is, is fed up and so God changes his name. That's why the Bible says you must be born again. Don't be content just to come to awaken and attend church. Don't be, don't be just a church attender. Get born again. Because when you are born again, the spirit of the living God comes and lives on the inside of you. You now have a spirit of righteousness and perfection on the inside of you that begins to attract to you God things and good things because God is good. Jesus, why do you call me good? Nobody is good but God. My life, ever since God came in, the trajectory of my life, I can draw a line in the sand. This is when Jesus came in. All the good things that have got. Why? Because God, the Spirit of God, don't settle for religion. Religion will steal from all religion does is changes the outside, but you are still transmitting, you are still emanating the old self, the old you. Don't don't emanate the old you. Have a different future, have a different harvest. Somebody say amen. So sowing and reaping. Second one, second one. Oh dear Jesus. Second one. Oh my gosh. No. Second one is the blessing of God. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. Can you see that? The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. Laban says, I know that God has blessed me because of you. I know that God has blessed me because of you. Jacob even says, when I came here, you had nothing. You barely had anything. But as soon as I came, I carried with me a blessing from heaven. I need you to understand, and this is very important that you catch this. The reason we don't do religion and the reason that I'm not trying to ask you to join a church, the reason that we're so adamant on wanting you to be born again, the reason we are so determined for you to to yield your life to God, for you to, to not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, to put put his word, his kingdom first, is because as soon as you, as soon as you do that, the blessing of God, God's blessing is on, if you're born again, you are now born again into the kingdom of God. You move from the curse into the blessing. You move from chaos into order. You move from darkness into light. You need to understand that the blessing of God is on your life. The first thing God did after he creates Adam and Eve or man in his image in Genesis 1:27, verse 28 says, and God blessed them. God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply. First thing God did, you were created to carry the blessing of God. You were created to walk in the blessing of God. The blessing of God works no matter who you're under. 
you don't need to move out of California. You don't need to move to a cheaper state, a red state. A, you don't need to. The blessing of God works right here. The blessing of God can work right here in San Diego. Now watch this. Jacob could have, Jacob could have said, listen, I'm a victim. I'm a victim of Laban. He's ripped me off these 20 years and now he took the speckled and spotted sheep and he took them far away. Jacob could have, you know what a victim is? A victim is a person who elevates man above God. A victim is someone who elevates the power of man above the power of God. What does Jacob do? He doesn't do that. Jacob doesn't do that. You know what Jacob does? He immediately puts God's word into practice. He immediately puts principles into practice because he recognizes man may defraud me, but you know who's greater than man? God. Can I just tell you, and I just, just turn, turn your palms towards heaven right now. Can I just tell you that men may have been cruel, men may have been unfair, men may have ripped you off, they may have been unjust to you, but can I just tell you God's Word, God is greater than man. The power of God is greater than the power of men, and you're going to thrive in a season of injustice. If you receive that, say amen. Okay, the, the third one on that, and I've still got two more points. So the third one on that is the soil seed principle. The soil seed principle. Jesus says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it'll remain a single seed. But if it falls into the ground and dies, it'll produce much fruit. A seed has all the potential. I can get an orange seed or a tomato seed inside that orange or inside that tomato seed is oranges and tomatoes. If I plant that tomato seed, it'll grow a tomato vine with hundreds of tomatoes with thousands of seeds. So now I can plant those thousands of seeds and now we've got, I mean, within two or three cycles, I can have a tomato factory. I can have an orange juice factory. But if the seed doesn't get planted, if the seed doesn't fall into the soil, all that potential is there. The potential doesn't diminish. The potential is not released unless it falls into the soil. I say all of that to say this, that right now you may be in, in a soil. You may be in a state where there's a Laban ruling over the state. You may be in a city where there's a Laban ruling over the city. You may be working for a company where there's a Laban who's your boss. There's a Laban who's your supervisor. There may be somebody, but can I just encourage you that we see this in Scripture again and again. Joseph was in a pit and then he was in Potiphar's house and then he was in a prison. Jacob was in Laban's house. Come with me real quick to, to in, in the next chapter, chapter 31, verses 38 to, to 42. Got it here. Here we go. Uh, 38, for 20 years I've been with you, caring for your flocks. In all that time, your sheep and your goats never miscarried. In all those years, I never used a single ram of yours for my food. If anything was attacked and killed by wild animals, I never showed you the carcass. I never asked you to reduce the count of your flock. No, no, I took the, the loss myself on my ledger. You made me pay for every stolen animal, animal, whether it was taken in broad daylight or in the dark of night. I worked for you through the scorching heat of the day and through the cold and sleepless nights. Yes, for 20 years, I slaved in your house. I worked for 14 years, earning your two daughters and then six more years for your flock. And you changed my wages 10 times. In fact, 
If the God of my father had not been on my side, the God of Abraham and the fearsome God of Isaac, you would have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen your abuse and my hard work. That is why He appeared to you last night and rebuked you. Can I just tell you that, that God perfects in imperfect circumstances. God brings forth justice in injustice. Jacob had to learn integrity by serving a man that was corrupt. Right now, right now, you may, you may be in a company that doesn't recognize or value what's on you. Do not be afraid. Do not be alarmed. Just learn integrity because the time will come where your integrity will separate you from there and put you in another place, put you in another place, put you in another place. Here's what I realized about the blessing of God. And I'm trying to move quick. When I got saved, I got saved at Wollongong Church of Christ. That's where I met Leanne. When I started going to Wollongong Church, I had 300 people. Within, within a year or so of me attending there, it went from 300 people to 600 people. It was just kind of, I'd just invite people and they would come and they'd get saved. And it was just like this. And then I got kicked out because I was speaking in tongues and cast a demon out of a girl at youth group and parents were freaking out that he's performing exorcisms. He's performing exorcisms. And so it was, that wasn't a spirit-filled church, so I had to leave. So then I went to another church called the COC, Christian Outreach Center, and they were about maybe 110, 120 people. But within 12 months of being there, they went from 120 or so people to almost 500 people because we would just every week bring people and it just kind of grew. Then I went to, to uh, Bible college and they sent me to New Zealand. And the church that I joined had 70 people. And within seven years, there were about 700 people. And then I get sent to Oxford Falls and they had 50 in the youth group. But very quickly, 50 in the youth group went to over a thousand every Friday night. So the blessing of God, the blessing of God was on my life. However, however, as benevolent and as kind they were, there's just red tape and, and politics. So my salary was a youth pastor's salary. And it was set by the guy that only had 50 in his youth group. And there was just, you know, money was spent in other places, even though the church had grown under my... And so one day I'm looking at all of this and God says, the blessing of God is on you. But while you are, while you are yoked here, they will reap the blessing of you. He says, so get something in your hand that is yours that I can bless. So I wrote a book called Walk on Water. That year I sold uh, 22,000 copies of Walk on Water. It made more than my salary. And then I had leadership book, uh, leadership tapes and, uh, you know, inspirational messages that, that, that I made available on people. And so all of a sudden, the blessing of God that was on me was able to be realized. So I want you to turn your palms towards heaven. If, if this year you are believing God, maybe you've been working for a company. And I'm not saying you need to quit working for that company. I didn't have to quit working at, as a youth pastor. All I had to do was just stop. Start something that God could bless. I want you to know the blessing of God is on you. The blessing of God is on you. And you may be over here, but there are ideas, there are innovations, there are inventions, there are ideas, there are business ideas, business things. And just, just right from the answer, just let the, 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 the blessing of God breathe over you. What do you have that God can bless? What do you have that, that because right now when you work for a company, the Bible says Laban said, I have prospered because of you, Jacob. When Joseph worked for Potiphar, when he was a slave in Potiphar's house, the Bible says, and Potiphar, when he saw that the Lord blessed him because of Joseph, put everything under Joseph's hand so that everything under Joseph's hand 
increased and prospered. There's a, there's a principle that most people don't preach and most pastors are afraid to preach this of the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord rests upon you. When you work for a company, that company will flourish if the, the laws of God and the principles of God are operating in you. If you look at Daniel, everything that was under Daniel flourished. That's why the king sought to sitting him over the entire realm. It's a principle in Scripture. The blessing of God rests upon you. But while you work for a company, the company is going to get the lion's share of the blessing. So this year, let the Holy Spirit give you an innovation, an idea. It can just be like a little sidetrack. It can be like, like beautiful Leanne Yarba buying a, a wonderful wedding venue. But you watch what's going to happen, beautiful Yarba family. You, you're going to be overtaken with, oh my gosh, we feel like we're playing catch up with trying to have enough weekends to ha accommodate all the need that's out there. Whatever you have, this year is your year. This year is your year. The Molchanovs, this year is your year. This year is your year. The blessing of God rests on you. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying over you guys that uh, what was lost in 2020 and 2021 is coming back threefold in 2022. What was lost in 2020, 2021 is going to come back threefold in 2022. All right, real quick, real quick. These last two points in three minutes. Number two is understand the power of vision. Understand the power of vision. Listen to me. Jacob, when he finds out, because all of a sudden he's looking, yesterday there was speckled and spotted and streaked sheep and goats. Now a sudden Laban has ripped him off, taken them, given them his sons and told his sons, quick, go and ride three days, get, get three days distance. So there's no way they can mate with any of the things here so that I, so that I can continue to plunder. I want to keep Jacob because I want the blessing of God, but I don't want to honor. So what does Jacob do? He does not go victim. He does not go, well, you know what? Man has done this to me. He doesn't look to man. Please hear me. I'm not trying to belittle if you've been defrauded. I'm not trying to belittle if someone has taken advantage of you. I'm not trying to belittle the fact that men can do greedy, ambitious, nasty, self-serving, unjust, horrible things. I'm not trying to belittle that. What I am trying to tell you to do is be like Jacob. You know what Jacob does? is he takes the sheep and the goats down to the watering troughs and he puts vision in front of them. He puts, he strips back the bark and the poplars and said that when they look, all they see is speckled and spotted. And the Bible says that, that when they would come down to the water troughs to drink, that's where they would mate. The drinking of the water troughs is symbolic of worship. Worship is where the kingdom where your heart and the kingdom become intimate and things are conceived on the inside of you. Every vision, every miracle, every breakthrough, everything has come to me when I'm in worship. When I'm drinking the sweet water of the Holy Spirit, the, the water of heaven in worship, that's when there's an intimacy and that's when things are born from heaven into the hearts of people. But this is why we write songs like Come What May. Because I don't want you to be in worship singing, What a pathetic creature I am. Worse than a worm, just dust. God, you probably want to squash me under your heel, but then you get your heel dirty and that would do. But it's amazing you'll hear songs like, you know, 
we don't sing those songs. Your life is too, too valuable. I want you, when you come to worship, to sing songs of how awesome is our God, how great is our God, that God is a God who is faithful. God is a God that disassembles darkness, that God is a God that is for you. That God is a dream maker. God is a miracle worker. God is a way maker. That God is a, I want you to sing those songs. Why? Because it's very important that when you worship, that you have vision, that you have vision. So I want you to do this again. Just turn your palms towards heaven and close your eyes. And I want you to, to, to see 2022. I want you to see 2022. Listen. 12 spies crossed the Jordan to go into the promised land. 10 spies saw giants. Two spies, Joshua and Caleb, saw giant grapes. The ten that saw the giants said, we can't do it. The two that carried the grapes, that saw the grapes, says, what are you talking about? It's a land flowing with milk and honey. This is our, this is God has given this to us. When you close your eyes, do you see problems or do you see promises? Do you see the walls of Jericho? Or do you see the power of God? Do you see blessing? Do you see, what do you see this year? I want you to get a new vision. I want you to see your debts canceled. If you've been believing God for a home, I want you to see a title deed being put into your hand. I want you to see the keys in your hand. If your car keeps breaking down, I want you to see that car gone and see a brand new car sitting in your driveway. If you've been unable to, to, to start a family, it hasn't worked yet. I want you to see pregnant. I want you to see baby. I want you to see a nursery room filled and the walls painted in pink or blue, whatever color. I want you to see baby. If, if you've been struggling financially, I want you to see money in the bank account. I want you to see it. I want you to see it. Jacob does not go to victim. Jacob immediately applies the principles. Listen to me. Knowing the laws of God is one thing. Applying them is another thing. It's not the words you know. It's the words you apply. Listen, revelation without application is just information. But revelation combined with application, when you apply it, produces transformation. Life is too short and your life is too valuable. Your life is too valuable for you just to get some information in church. I want you to get transformation. Begin to apply these principles. The last one, well, actually point number three is apply the principles of God. So we can finish on that. Apply the principles of God. I want you to stand to your feet for me right now. I'm over time now. Just lift your hands high to heaven. Lift your hands high to heaven. I was so excited about preaching this word and I always feel like I fail God, just so you know. I always feel because the way I hear it and the way that I feel the Holy Spirit saying, this is how I want you to deliver it. I always feel, you know, all of sin and fall short. I always feel like I fall short. But hopefully something stuck. This is what I do know. If I had a, if I had a bucket full of mud and I flung it, some of it's going to stick to some of you. And so I'm praying that, that some of this stuff sticks. I, 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 I'm telling you, I feel the heart of God. East County, for too long, has been given a negative rap, has been given a bad rap. People have condescended about East County, about, you know, uh, El Cajon and... Uh, where are we right now? Santee. Pe people have given it a negative rap. God's about to, to redeem. He, oh, you better believe it. 
You better, but God's about to redeem. God's about to redeem. Your lives are going to flow. So just lift your hands high to heaven. Father, I thank you for the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich and he adds no sorrow. I think that this year, this year, Lord God, as we as we change the seed that we're sowing, change, listen, you can't sow negative and end up with positive. You, the Bible says, he who sows iniquity will reap trouble. You can't sow to the flesh and reap life. You change the seed you're sowing. Change the negativity. Change the words of hopelessness. Change the, the, the small thinking. Change. Don't sow fear. Don't, don't kick fear out. Go to faith this year. Go to obedience this year. Go to trusting God this year. Go to prophesying this year. Go to declaring the promises of God. I've made a decision. My life, there's too much hanging on it for me to speak my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, my opinions. But what I try to do is I try to put His Word in my mouth and I try and declare His Word. Sometimes I feel it, most times I don't, but I'll speak it anyway because the Bible says that God watches over His Word to perform it. Make a decision this year. God, Your Word is going to not just be in my mouth, but I'm going to... You know what God said to Joshua? Joshua had to take over from Moses. Moses had a magic stick that could open Red Seas and do incredible miracles, Joshua never got a stick. He never got a magic stick. God says, you don't need one, son. He says, I want you to meditate in my word, in my law, day and night. Do not let it depart from your mouth. And then you will make your way prosperous and you will have God. I want you to know the same word in Joshua's mouth is the same word in your mouth. Moses parted Red Sea, but he never commanded the sun to stand still. But Joshua had something in his mouth that is greater than the sun. It was the word of God. And he said, sun stand still. And the sun stopped in the sky because of the word. Fill your mouth with the word of God. Speak the word of God. Declare the word of God. Father, I thank you for the promises of God. I thank you for the blessing of God. Father, I thank you that flourish and thrive is going to be the testimony of these beautiful people. Now, listen to me. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you have not been born again, if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, this thing doesn't, doesn't work any other way. You've got to be born again. Jesus says you must be born again. How do I get born again? I receive Christ into my heart. I surrender my life to Him. But I'm, I'm coming to church and I'm doing good things. That's awesome that you're coming to church. And that's awesome that you're doing good things. But you're still you. Be born again. When I was born again, January 1986, 36 years ago this month, everything shifted. And it shifted almost effortlessly because now I'm born again by the Spirit of God. Don't try to force your way forward. It, it's... It's so wearying. Get born again. Well, every head is bad, every eye closed. If you're saying, hey, pastor, I need to surrender to Jesus. I need to make him my Lord and Savior. I need to be born again. Would you quickly give me, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Who are those ones saying, yeah, that's me. I need to be born again. I, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Is there anybody like that this morning? I'd love to pray for you. Real quick, we're out of time and I need to hand back. Anybody like that at all? Anybody like that at all? Fantastic. I love that we're all born again. That's awesome. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that because of your word, because of your power, because of your promises, I can thrive in times of injustice. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, 
go to awakenchurch.com.